So a couple of years ago, I celebrated a Mass, and a lady came to me after Mass and said, uh, Thank you, Father, for that Mass. Uh, I didn't agree with everything you said, but it was nice. And I said, I said Thank you very much. Um, uh, what didn't, well, can I ask, what didn't, you, what didn't you agree with? Oh, well, you know, all that talk about God being Father. That's just a little exaggerated. And I said, right. I said, yeah, but it's, I said, it's, it's how God chooses to reveal himself. So Jesus, he says, you know, Jesus reveals God as Father. He says, when you pray, pray like this, today's gospel, our Father who art in heaven. And I said, it's mentioned numerous times also in our creed. Uh, I think six, six times in our creed, God is referred to as Father. And she said, oh, the creed, that was written in the third century by philosophers. And I said, you, you have a problem with the creed. <laughs> you have a problem with the summary of our faith, which we have, I mean, the, the creed may have been written in the uh, third century, but like, uh, that's the summary of what, has, what was believed before that. Like, it's, like, it's not like we started believing it then. That's just a summary of what was already believed in the church. Uh, based on also passages like this, God revealed himself as Father. And this person, yes, absolutely had a problem with understanding God as Father. And when I dug a little deeper, their understanding of God was a cosmic God. right? So God is in... So there's a difference between... this. Sometimes people can make... Can, can, inadvertently be little heretics without realizing they can just drop a little heresy where they say like God is in everything now God is God is kind of in everything but it's better to say everything is in God because if you say God is in everything then am I supposed to genuflect or kneel down to an apple or a spider you know if God is in everything then God is in a spider so why are you killing them hmm? you know or but we, we, we that's what, what they would call pantheism you know where everything is god and that's not that's not what we believe it's not so much it's not, it's not so much god as in everything but everything that exists is in god it's kind of the other the other way around you know god carries everything everything that exists is in god as opposed to god is in everything uh, so so yeah her idea understanding was uh, of this kind of cosmic god which is a, just, it's a made-up concept. It's very, it's very kind of new agey. I, I, it's not how God reveals Himself. Like, I mean, and that's what, what I, where I always find kind of solidity or confidence. This isn't my opinion versus yours. This is how did God reveal Himself? What did He say about Himself? This, this isn't a question of you know what do lots of people believe or what do I believe or what do you believe and let's thrash it all out and see see who wins. No, I'm interested in what does God say about Himself because that's definitely true. Whatever other opinions philosophers or spiritual gurus may have come up with may be somewhat closer to the truth, somewhat further from the truth. But the way I know that what we believe is true is that this is what God says about Himself. That's how we know. That's how we can be confident. So it's not kind of us versus other religions or anything like that. It's what does God say about himself? And that's how we know it's true. It's very simple. You know, it's not, I don't want to oversimplify it, but it, it, it is relatively simple. If God says it, it's true. There you go. There you go. Very simple. Okay, so, so here today we have the, the gospel of the Our Father. Our Father, may your name be held holy. Just to look at that idea of fatherhood briefly, we've looked at it in 
different ways over the last couple of years, but you're new, so kind of start again. Uh, so, fatherhood. Today's first reading is a continuation of uh, Jonah. All right, it's the book of Jonah, uh, where Jonah yesterday was, well, over the last couple of days, he's been commissioned to go to the city of Nineveh, which is probably about in around 100 kilometer circumference. It's a big city, 120,000 people we heard today. And uh, his job is to prophesy to them that the city is going to be destroyed in 40 days unless they convert. And they do convert, and they really properly convert. They set aside their bad ways, even from the king to the to the animals, a fast is declared, and they really seem to actually listen to this prophet. But then Jonah is indignant, we heard today. He's annoyed, because, as we said yesterday, with a, 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 the prophet can never win. If what you prophesy comes to pass, people will blame you for not convincing them. If what you prophesy does not come to pass because people change, then how do people know that you didn't just make it up? You know, how, how do they know that, that, that this was true? So, yeah, so you can't win. So um, it's, it's, it's almost humorous today uh, in, in, in the reading when uh, Jonah is indignant with the Lord. And the Lord says to him, are you right to be angry? And Jonah says, I have every right to be angry. <laughs> like, imagine talking to the Lord. The Lord says, are, are you justified in your anger? I am. <laughs> I absolutely am. <laughs> you, I had to go and prophesy to the city that they're going to be destroyed. Now they're not, and I'm, I'm like, they're going to kill me. So I'm going to come out to the city, and I'm going to watch the city, and maybe kind of slightly almost hoping that there'll be some little, little bit of fire from heaven, a couple of sparks maybe, anything. Just justify what I've done. Justify the risk that I've taken. Just show me something. Burn something up. <laughs> you know? So he's waiting outside the city, indignant, absolutely in a rage. I, 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 I love the, the honesty of scripture here like he's, 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 he's indignant he's fallen into a rage and he's kind of fighting with the Lord so he's outside the city and he's feeling sorry for himself the Lord causes a, a castor oil plant to grow up to give him a bit of, a bit of shade right because it's obviously it's the holy land so it's hot uh, and well, actually, he's in Nineveh, he's in Assyria. So a castor oil plant is there to, to cover his head. And he's happy with this, keeps the, keeps the, this, 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 keeps, gives, gives him a bit of shade. But then the following day, a worm eats the, the, the plant and the plant dies. So now he's got no shade. So now he's, again, he's annoyed. Again, yesterday I had a plant, now I have nothing. My poor head. So, you know, he's annoyed with God. It's, again, the scripture is very honest here. He's annoyed with God. I might as well be dead than go on living, he said. Are you right to be angry about the castor oil plant, said God. I have every right to be angry, says Jonah, to the point of death. It's, it's, he's, he's, I don't know, he's, I like him. <laughs> I just think it's so wonderfully honest, because at times when things don't go well in our lives, we can be like, God, I know you're smart and intelligent and creating, creator of all things. I have no idea what you're doing right now. I haven't a clue, because this makes no sense. Right? Now, I, I never recommend talking to God like that. I think it's, I think it's good to be honest with God. But just, just, I, I, I think it's okay to be like that with God 
for a while, you know, we need to be human. I think it's, it's good to be human. It's good to be honest, but just remember who you're talking to, you know. I mean, I think we can say to God, I don't get you. I don't know why. I don't understand here. I, I, I don't know why you've allowed this. But, be it done unto me according to your word, but I accept, but grant me the grace to carry this. Just, even if you do have a prayer like that, just, just finish it with trust, if you can, or finish it with a prayer. We can be honest with God. I think, I think we should be. I think, we, I think it does actually help us. I think, it, I think it helps us in our prayer lives. I think if you speak to the Lord, maybe not quite like Jonah, but if we are honest with him, I think it does actually help us to pray. I think it helps us to be honest in prayer, but just if we can. But it is, it is important to finish it with prayer. And one of the most important things, one of the most important images to help us to pray or finish our prayer well is look at the cross. That's why I love having this massive cross in our chapel. Because, I mean, if you think that God has forgotten you, if you think that God has abandoned you, if you think that God isn't listening to you, if you think that your problems don't seem to bother him in the slightest, well, then look at the cross and try and say that. Like, look at the cross and try and say, just try and say the words, Lord, you don't care. You can't. You can't say those words and look at the cross because look at what he has done to prove he cares. Uh, you know, a man can have no greater love than to lay down his life for his friends and to be completely emptied of everything. We can't, we can't look at this cross and say, Lord, you don't care. It's just, so we, we can be honest, but, but, but just finish our prayer looking at the cross. Finish your prayer looking at, at his pierced heart. And then, then you'll know that even though it is hard now and it is difficult now, and moments of grief and loss, that they're awful. They are. They're sad. Moments of, of illness, bereavement. They're difficult. But look at the cross and, and we see the bigger picture. Jonah was annoyed because the Ninevites, the Assyrians, were not destroyed. And an interesting thing about God's fatherhood is if, if God is, is my father, he's, we believe in our faith that he's father to all the baptized. He loves everyone. God loves everyone. But we become his children through baptism. So like Muslims don't believe that God is their father. They believe that God is their creator. God is their, their owner, if you will, but not their father. You, we can't be sons and daughters of God because God is divine. We're merely human. So you can never be, in, in, in Islam, you can never be an adopted son or daughter of God. It's just impossible. He's a different species, if you will. So we, we can't be God's children. But God loves everyone. So he's, he's the father of the baptized, but his love is for everyone because he is love. So he loves Hindus, Muslims, atheists, Satanists. I mean, he loves everyone. Which means he also loves your enemy. He, he loves the person who hurt you. He loves the, the, the victim of the crime and the perpetrator of the crime. And maybe this is something that, that, that Jonah is experiencing here. He wants God to be on his side. So he wants God to bless him because he's just, or he's trying to be just, but punish those who are bad in my eyes, in my sight, in my opinion, according to my judgment. And while, yes, there is absolutely divine judgment, it doesn't work like that. We don't command God's justice on people. Because God loves them too. And this is what he says at the, at the end of the reading. 
Am I not to feel sorry for Nineveh, the great city, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left? So he's saying that they're, they're so lost, maybe morally speaking, they're so lost, they can't tell their right hand from their left hand. Am I not right to feel sorry for them? I love them too. I love them too. So like if you think of I mean, any of your own countries and you think of your history, and all of our countries have had, we've had enemies over the centuries, you know? Countries that, whose borders were, were, were contested. Uh, so God loves, yes, us and our nation, but also loves the enemy. Loves those who bombed us, loves those who invaded us, loves those who flew into the Twin Towers. I mean, he loves them too. Because God is love. It's not something he, he does. He, in his very nature, God is love. He cannot not love. So God loves me. Thank God. Thank you. Uh, but loves my enemies too. And loves those who've hurt me or worked against me. He loves, loves all. loves everyone. And that's, I think... So again, such a, like we spoke yesterday about is, is God's mercy, is it just? Is it fair? Um, not according to human reckoning, but according to his divine heart, his divine mercy, his divine love, then absolutely it is. Because I'm, maybe I've been the enemy to someone else. And God continues to love me. So today... Let us again immerse ourselves in God's fatherly heart. May we recognize that God is, yes, my father, but he's also father to my enemy. His love is for everyone. He excludes nobody. May we learn to love like him, to love with compassion, to love with selflessness, to love with an open heart. Amen.